coming up, scumbag car maker of the year, Scotty. It's suddenly looking like a photo finish this year. Like, which automotive business can turn the biggest profit out of JobKeeper? That's next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the car that's up there now. Dude. No comment whatsoever on individuals is made or implied in this report, unless I name them specifically, of course. My critical comments relate solely to the corporations mentioned and their conduct. These comments are also my honest personal opinion. Nor am I alleging that the companies mentioned here are engaged in criminal or illegal conduct. No siree Bob. They're just shitheads. Worthy, in my view, of wide-ranging community opprobrium. Mercedes-Benz, the hallowed three-pronged suppository first. Here in Shitsville, the suppository managed to hoover up almost five million bucks in JobKeeper corporate welfare payments between April and September last year. But COVID, frankly, was not a major hurdle for the suppository, not at all. Three-prong managed to make $62.7 million in profit last year here in Australia, the lucky country. And yet, the company has no plans to give the JobKeeper funds back. <sighs> That's pretty fucked up, even for them, I'd suggest. Perhaps even a new benchmark. Despite the impacts of the global pandemic on the world economy, the group delivered a strong result. Direct quote from the suppository's financial statements there reported in the ABC. JobKeeper, of course, was a Schittsvillian government pandemic stimulus package designed to help businesses affected by COVID cover the costs of wages so that more people could retain their jobs during the crisis. It was not there to help investors line their pockets. To qualify for JobKeeper, businesses like the suppository, with more than one billion bucks in turnover, had to estimate that their turnover would fall by 50% or more. It's unclear, to the point of being Looney Tunes unclear, some would say, weapons-grade bullshit unclear, exactly how the suppository arrived at the determination that it qualified for JobKeeper support by virtue of projected turnover reduction. And they certainly have not been forthcoming with the details on how they qualified, like, at least not that I can find. It's also unclear exactly who in the government swallowed this Himalaya of horseshit. <sighs> Probably Jay Fry. We'll get to him in a sec. In fact, the suppository sold 38,684 vehicles in Australia in 2019. Then in 2020, during the height of COVID, its sales were 36,233 vehicles. That's hardly a turnover collapse worthy of governmental intervention with a barrow full of taxpayer cash. Frankly, I'm just not seeing a 50% a drop in turnover or more. Like, dudes, not even close. The official suppository sales data reveals a drop of just 
which in the context of COVID impacts, is pretty much old three-prong getting off scot-free. It's nowhere near the 50% required to qualify for taxpayer-funded JobKeeper corporate welfare. An unkind person might form the view that this is just an example of a bunch of assholes looking at a windfall and bullshitting through their teeth to get it and hoping nobody notices. Either that or it's an honest error and they're just beyond incompetent. I guess we'll never know. When I was an engineer, right, errors this big, like 800% out, were the kinds of things that made bridges collapse. And according to our lecturers, that kind of thing is bad. The company qualified for important assistance as part of the federal government's broader stimulus initiatives following the outbreak of COVID-19 in Australia and the subsequent economic downturn. Big bad suppository there. So riddle me this suppository spin doctor who wrote that statement, okay? What fucking economic downturn? You at three prong did not experience one. You clowns went from a $25 million loss in 2019 to more than $60 million in profit during COVID. The ABC reported that last week. You must have loved it. If that's a friggin' downturn, I'll take two. This support as intended meant we could retain our local workforce and continue serving our customers and supporting our local retail network. I suggest with due respect, i.e. none, that you could have done that anyway and still made $58 million in profit without the $5 million taxpayer funded handout, which would have been, in my view, far better spent elsewhere on I don't know, just spitballing at roads or hospitals or clean energy reform or a hundred other things that society actually needs and not propping up the Antipodean shithead arm of a chairman multinational with almost 300,000 employees and 154 billion euros in annual revenue. Moving on now to Ford in Shitsville. Ford needed to upgrade its vacuum cleaner in order to hoover up the $38 million in JobKeeper it received last year. Ford Shitsville posted a $59 million profit, which it described as a, quote, solid result in its 2020 financial reporting. Thanks very much, JobKeeper. I mean, taxpayer, for more than doubling Ford Australian profit last year, said nobody with a grasp of moral conduct. But even those blue oval mother lovers can turn a $59 million profit into a justification for hanging on to the free cash from the Australian taxpayer. Ford Australia's focus in 2020 was and continues to be keeping its large team of engineers, designers and auto specialists in jobs and JobKeeper payments helped the company to achieve that goal during the tough months of 2020. For these reasons, we do not plan to repay JobKeeper. Pro tip, Ford dudes, that's one reason, like, quote, these reasons. Also, what, quote, Tough months are these, which you disingenuous assholes speak of. Ford was making an average of $5 million in profit per month during the entire 2020 pandemic. Ford even manages to cry poor on this, though, claiming that without JobKeeper and without selling its old shitbox factory in busted-ass Geelong, 
that it would have made a loss. Jesus. And in other news, if the greyhound hadn't stopped to lick its nuts enthusiastically, it would have caught the rabbit. Like, let's deal with what actually happened and not what might have been. The chaps at Dearborn must be so pleased with this windfall which we all paid them. Toyota, on the other hand, and I know I give the big T a fair bunch of shit from time to time for being so damn mediocre with its product, but at least the big T has a moral compass which appears to be calibrated. Toyota announced in January that it would repay the 18 million bucks it received in JobKeeper after its finances improved in the latter half of 2020. So, not every car maker is morally bankrupt. You can do it, you morally bankrupt car makers. See, just look at Toyota. It is fairly tragic, however, I'd suggest, when simply doing what's right is the bar of automotive industry excellence. Like, that's how fucked the car industry actually is. The jury, of course, still out on Honda, GM and Nissan, yet to lodge their Schittsvillian financial return. So that could be quite interesting, and it's unclear at this stage exactly who Australia's biggest automotive shithead is going to be. Solid performance from the Bogan appeasers over at ARB. <laughs> Equipping all those Hilux halfwits for their COVID-19 pilgrimages to Dingo Piss Creek. Which for a Schittsvillian, of course, is kind of like visiting Mecca, only with a lot more flannelette. Almost 10 million bucks in JobKeeper for ARB. The company is profitable. No plans to pay it back, of which I am aware. But my favourite story here so far is Eager's Automotive. You frigging legends. The car dealership Death Star conglomerate, which you've probably never heard of. The last two years have seen back-to-back -back records for our shareholders. Sales revenue is currently $3 billion per annum. Yippee-ki-yay, mother lover, and grab your ankles, taxpayer. Stand aside, even though technically you can't stand with your hands kind of down there. Make way for vital back-to-back -back records for our shareholders. Like, this won't hurt a bit, dude. And thank you very much for your 133 million bucks in taxpayer-funded JobKeeper profit contribution. Eagers Automotive made, Jesus, $156 million in profit last year, according to the ABC. 133 million bucks of that was taxpayer-funded corporate welfare from JobKeeper. Well done. This is what moral bankruptcy looks like. I'm gonna make three points on this, okay? And the first one is really simple. It's about right and wrong. Pretty simple concepts. Like, I know we need laws, okay? But what we really need is widespread community commitment to doing what's right and opposing what's wrong. And we need that much more than we need laws. To illustrate this point, just as a hypothetical, okay, any of us could easily make our list of the top 100 people that the world would be better off without. No problem, okay? But I'm not gonna go out and murder them and make the world a better place. I'm just not. And I'm not abstaining from this conduct because it would be illegal or ineffective, nor because I'd probably get caught and 
<sighs> then I'd have to wear some undignified friggin' jumpsuit for the rest of my life and be domiciled in some cell with a chap with whom I would probably prefer to share less intimacy. I'm abstaining from this conduct simply because it would be wrong. And it amazes me that there's one standard for moral conduct for each of us as individuals and quite another for corporations. Like The two standards could not be more different. If you're a corporation like the Suppository or Ford or Eagers or even the Dingo Piss Creek Embassy at ARB or any other corporation profiting from JobKeeper, the fact that you can just get away with it is seen as ample justification for behaving like a morally bankrupt asshole. Perversely, these same companies are very keen indeed to promote their virtue in other domains, such as environmentally or in relation to diversity or inclusiveness, for example. Anywhere it will help them sell their shit basically. Take the suppository, okay, Daimler, which has dozens of posts on its website, promoting its culture of diversity, respect, inclusiveness, and endless pages on sustainability and the environment and how closely committed they are to that. They have a formal internal whistleblower protection system in place. They even have a specific board member, Renata Jungo Brunga, in charge of integrity and social responsibility, which sounds like quite a big job. When it comes to money, okay, bending over a few taxpayers in some third world shithole below the equator, hashtag Australia, it's like Edie Armin, Kim Jong-il, Stalin, Pol Pot and Genghis Khan all sitting around the table playing a game of who's the biggest asshole. And in my view, that's something that really has to change. Point number two now. Reform on this is going to be extremely hard in my view because the media is generally disinclined to oxygenate these kinds of stories. Props to Pat McGrath at ABC Investigations for breaking this one that we're discussing today. Do not expect any real enthusiasm on this from Uncle Rupee or Costello's Cockheads at Nine or Seven West Media because these major media organisations are all kneeling on the floor in the time-honoured position waiting to lap up the pleasurable streams of advertising revenue from organisations such as these. In a media environment like ours, okay, getting away with being a corporate asshole is kind of easy. You just have to compensate the outlets that pump you up with advertising cash, and it's just dead easy to splash that around to the mates in the media, right? And that's one of the really filthy aspects of corporate culture here in Australia, controlling what is said publicly about them. Point number three simply concerns the comprehensive lack of regulatory checks and balances on this. Like, we saw this with local manufacturing of cars in Australia and how well that ended up for the taxpayer, and I'd suggest we're seeing it again now. So I want you to think about exactly how hard it is for you to earn your income, how many hours you need to devote to this process, how thankless it seems from time to time, and how inevitably, as part of this process, you pay your taxes. And then what is that money meant to be used for? Like, what is appropriate and what is not? Do you really want it being sent back to Dearborn or Stuttgart as dividends for fat cat shareholders overseas? Like, in what universe is that morally appropriate? And this is what happens when you leave self-entitled incompetent shitheads 
in charge of the shop, okay? Australia's 30th Prime Minister, Scummo, is pretty enthusiastic Pentecostal. And as far as I can see, this is the only thing he is any good at. And that's allowed, right? According to him, the big guy upstairs has approved him for the top job. Otherwise, he would not be there, right? This has been a fairly common thought process at the top over the centuries. If history is any guide, Pentecostalism, of course, insofar as I can tell, was entirely invented, made up in the early 20th century. It appears to hinge on the future being determined by a quote-unquote real battle between Jesus and Satan, which is kind of like Batman versus the Joker. To a devout Pentecostalodian, this is not an abstract concept at all or a metaphor, like it's happening and you have to believe. Even most other Christians think this is a bit strange, okay? Like as I see it, the devil is really just there as a way to scare the kiddies into doing the right thing with their vegetables after puberty or something, things of that nature. At least that's how he seems to roll in most churches, the devil. For more on this, visit my other website, of course, Jesus versus Satan Expert. Unless, of course, Albors has taken that one too. Perhaps this whole Batman versus Satan thing determining the future is why accountability for worldly malfeasance, such as multi-million dollar job keeper misappropriation, appears to matter so little on the prime ministerial agenda. If Batman wins, ultimately, I guess it's all good, right? All you have to do, apparently, for this to work out for the best for you is to believe in things for which there is absolutely no evidence, at least not that I can see. And of course, Scummo has some terrific support from the feral treasure, Jay Fry. Jay Fry is a tennis-playing lawyer with a Masters in International Relations and Public Administration, but... No real job in the resume, at least not that I can find. Meaning, probably not the kind of dude you'd expect to be all that useful on the business end of a shovel or in the aftermath of a helicopter crash. And unlikely to be all that in touch with ordinary Australians and their day-to-day -day problems. Jay Fry is actually a name nobody ever called him, even back when he was just a hood rat working for then foreign affairs minster and village people album collector Alexander Downer. I'll have to fact check that last bit. I'm not sure if Mr Downer is a record collector or not. He certainly looks like one. Anyway, I'd like to see Jay Fry, A Down and D Trump doing a remake of Young MC's 1989 hip-hop classic Buster move. <laughs> I really would. With double D storm on backing vocals. And the puppies. Yes, I like puppies. Like, hey, everyone does. Today, of course. Jay Fry is operating the cash register for Pentecostal 6, where he's on the record to the effect that Australia's worst government ever will not require companies that turn a big, fat, juicy profit using JobKeeper to return any of the funds. Oh, fucking course. Just saying instead that he would merely welcome any business that decided to pay the money back. Is there therefore any lingering doubt whatsoever why I routinely refer to this joint as Shitsville? Like, is there? This is why I am running as your next Prime Minister on a campaign, a platform of simply making Australia 
less shit. This is the best, I feel, to which we might aspire with any credibility in the short to medium term, at least. Like, look around, dude. With P6 and J Fry shoveling out your hard-earned cash to Daimler, Ford, Eagers and ARB, is it any wonder these corporate scumbags are stuffing the boot with taxpayer cash and making like Thelma and friggin' Louise off into the sunset with it? No reference to individuals is implied. And I did like Thelma and Louise. It is kind of disrespectful though, isn't it? This conduct, in my view, in the context of how hard you worked to earn that money, which was consolidated in the Treasury and administered by P6 and J Fry, and now essentially just lines the pockets of investors overseas as profit, like, what exactly did the Australian community get out of any of that? Riddle me that.